0: Welcome back to another Slab Stocks podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and we are talking recent NBA action and how that affects your wallet. I'm just going to rapid fire through some recent NBA stat lines to start. Markel Fultz recorded a triple-double two nights ago in LA versus the Lakers. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, a steal, and good shooting. A great game from him, obviously. Last night, he had uh, more of a stoinker, uh, but still recorded pretty good numbers across the board. 11 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block, uh, but on some worse shooting. You know, personally, I love this guy. He couldn't live up to expectations when he was trying to make it in somewhat of a toxic Philadelphia locker room, but he's gotten out of the limelight in Orlando, and it's really helped him. He's having a great season so far, and I think he gets better still over the coming years. I don't know if he'll ever be an All-Star, maybe a couple of times, probably not perennial by any stretch, uh, but a good player. His ungraded Prism Silvers have been uh, doubling in the past month. Most recent sales going for about 46 bucks but he really hasn't gotten a whole ton of national attention, so I still think he's a bit underpriced at the moment. Last night, Brandon Ingram put the team on his back in an overtime win over the Jazz. 49 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a block, and made 3 threes while shooting over 60% from the field. The changes that this guy has made this season are incredible. He's kind of thought of as damaged goods heading out of Los Angeles to New Orleans, and he has become the player we thought he could be almost overnight. His first three seasons, his free throw percent, uh, his free throw percentage sat at an awful 62%, then 68%, then 67%. This year, 86% on over three, on over six attempts a game. Sorry, uh, through his first three years, his three three point percentage was cumulative 33% on only two attempts per game. This year, hoisting up six threes per game, he's hitting at a 40% clip. The gains have been incredible, they've been real, and and he has been a top 20 player in the NBA so far this year. He's going to cash in on a max deal this summer, and the Pelicans look really exciting moving forward with Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and an improving Lonzo Ball. And that's why, as an investment, Ingram has been so confusing so far this year. And I really think the market is just reading this wrong. Consider this. In October, before the season began, Ingram's prison silver uh, rookie cards, PSA 10 grade, they were going for around $300. End of October, beginning of November, that was a wake-up call for all of us. Holy crap, this guy's pretty good. They shot up over $500. Great! That's exactly what should have happened. And now couple months later, they're back to around $300, even under $300 in the most recent sales. Why? There is just no reason for it. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably concern over what happens when Zion Williamson returns, and also probably because the Pelicans just don't get a whole ton of attention. But Ingram, while he is sporting a sky-high 29% usage, I don't think that's just going to disappear when Zion comes back. It might drop back a bit, but clearly the team is going to build around Zion and Ingram, and hopefully Drew Holiday will stay in that mix as well. I think you buy whatever you can of this guy. If you can afford some graded silvers, do it. This is the baseline. I don't think we see a drop from this point. If it's an ungraded silver, an optic hollow, whatever you can get, buy it. For whatever reason, we have seen a drop in prices, and whenever that happens on the back of of no bad news, not only that, but but on all good news, I think you buy, 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 and you thank me later. Another great game was held last night by uh, DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns. For a couple weeks now, Monty Williams has been playing Aiton with the second unit he he said some garbage the other day like well we really we really like how he's looked with the second unit he's been playing well uh yeah so you give him more minutes numbnuts last night he finally got the start against the Knicks he put in 26 points 21 rebounds two blocks and this is the type of thing that Aiton can do dominate on the glass put up 20 and 12 every night if Monty Williams just takes his head out of his butt and lets him do it His market is about in line with where it was to start the season, maybe even a bit down for a stretch here, uh, which makes sense due to the injuries and Monty Williams jerking him around like he has been. But if he's back and he's putting up these eye-popping stat lines, he's putting up 20 and 20 with a couple blocks, those are the lines that people notice. That drives hype and hype drives prices. I think he's a buy. Speaking of hype, I... Just can't get away from talking about this guy. I would like to stop talking about him at some point. And you probably know who I'm going to say. Michael Porter Jr. After his breakout game a few weeks back, the market just jumped all over this guy. And a couple days later, another good game. Wads of cash just being thrown around to try and get him in their portfolios. In early January, Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, Prism Silver rookie rookie cards, PSA 10 grades, they were regularly going for 275 bucks. I warned several times that although these performances were a really good sign for him, it probably wasn't going to be something we saw every single night. The Nuggets, they have too many players deserving of minutes. And some nights, Michael Porter was just not going to be be getting those minutes. He was going to be putting in dud stat lines, and you could expect the market to cool. I hope you were listening. And I hope you're listening right now, because over the past week... These same silver rookies have been regularly going for around 180, even 150 bucks a couple times. That's almost half of what they were going for at the beginning of January. That means this is an absolute steal. He's had two straight games of 28 minutes and 29 minutes. Uh, Two games ago 19 points, eight rebounds, two steals, and a block, making two threes. Last night, 18 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and three made threes. Now, he is still not going to be getting these minutes regularly. Last night, he only played all those minutes because Paul Millsap was out, Jamal Murray was out, Gary Harris was out. When they come back, he loses minutes again. He starts to put up some of the poor stat lines. But every time he gets the minutes, he becomes the engine that drives the Nuggets offense. He's going to be really good. This team is going to build around him in Murray and Jokic. This is the lowest we will ever see his prices. If you cannot afford those prices, snatch up an ungraded base. Snatch up some Optic Hollow. Keep track of his games because when he goes five games in a row doing absolutely nothing because he's not getting the playing time, his prices will drop. Go pick him up. That's when people start to panic. But if you, being a smart investor, recognize that as a buying opportunity, you buy and you profit later. Next guy I want to talk about that I seemingly just cannot get away from, Sekou Dumbuya. His ungraded Prism Silver rookie cards are now going for about $75, which might feel pretty high for the youngest player in the league that is still very raw. He's a big question mark. But as the youngest player in the league that is still very raw, over the past week, he's averaging 17 points, 4 rebounds in assists, and nearly 2 threes made per game. And he's been doing it on both the offensive side and playing great defense. And he's the youngest player in the league. Over the past week, he has been a top 100 player in the NBA. To see such a young, unrefined player like this getting these minutes and performing like this, you have good reason to be excited. We still have no, no idea what he's going to become. But what he's been doing night after night gives you reason for optimism, and it should ease your mind a little bit if you think he's a bit of a risk. He is more risky than most players, but maybe less so than we once thought. I think the floor is actually pretty high on this guy. He is a buy at the moment. Hey, here's another guy that we've talked about a little bit, at least on Instagram, Jarrett Culver. Uh, Prism Silver is going for around 50 bucks right now, which is actually down over the course of the year, and understandably so, since he has been absolutely terrible over the course of the season. A couple weeks ago, he did put in that nice four-game stretch to start the new year, and I cautioned at the time that he'd been so bad and so inefficient for the whole season that I would temper expectations. In fact, I think I said in in, in the Instagram post that I was not buying in. In the four games since, he's, he's continued. He's shot 49% from the field, which was his big problem. He's averaged 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. Over those past 8 games, the Wolves' two most used lineups have included Culver instead of Jeff Teague, and both lineups have been big net positives. That's huge on a bad team. The Wolves then decided to move on from Jeff Teague yesterday. They shipped him off to Atlanta, which really should mean great things for Jarrett Culver. At Texas Tech, he was facilitating the offense. It looks like he's going to be doing more of that going forward for the Timberwolves. I'm not sure if that is his NBA position long-term or if he's more of a wing in the mold of Chris Middleton. And I guess we're soon going to find out because it looks like the Wolves will give him the opportunity to prove it. The big question is... Will it happen on the Wolves? With the trade of Jeff Teague and some of the news coming out this morning, the Wolves are seemingly signaling that they would like to trade for D'Angelo Russell. We know in the offseason that they were going after him. We know that he is really good friends with Carl Anthony Towns. It appears that the Wolves would still like to pick him up. And if that happens, I think Culver is automatically involved. Then going into next year, He's coming off the bench behind Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and that's less than ideal. So it's kind of tough to know what to do at the moment. If he stays with the Wolves, things are looking up for Jarrett Culver. If he's shipped out, you have to imagine it takes him a while to start seeing meaningful minutes again. And for that reason, I still don't know if I'm buying, but he's definitely really started to put some nice games together. As a player, he is looking more like what we expected him to begin with. Another player that hasn't exactly looked like expected but has been getting better, Darius Garland. Uh, He's been better of late than what he was to start the year. In January, he's been averaging 16 points, 2 rebounds, and holy crap, 6 assists. That's double his output over the rest of the season. He's still not shooting all that great, um, but the passing is nice to see since that has been something he has not done at all so far. I tend to give Darius Garland a little bit longer of a leash than some of the other players around, other rookies around the league. And it's only because the situation in Cleveland is so bad. There are teams out there, and I'm specifically thinking about the Knicks and the Cavs, whose personnel is so toxic and so dysfunctional and so selfish that you really can't expect a young player to step in and just do well from from day one. Both of those teams are stuffed to the gills with veterans who have no interest in signing another contract there and who are playing exclusively to be traded to a contender or they're playing for their next contract elsewhere. They don't have interest in making R.J. Barrett or Darius Garland any better. We've seen the frustrations really start to boil over in Cleveland with Kevin Love just launching balls at his teammates and throwing them under the bus to the media. But hey, can you blame him? he's the best player on the team and he's watching sexton and garland seemingly forget that a big part of offense is actually passing on top of all that now in cleveland we have details of a closed door meetings that are leaking out to the press uh beeline you might have heard this uh, coach beeline he called his players thugs which is a problematic thing to say and then he corrected that later and said he actually meant to say slugs which Who knows if that's true, but the fact that this leaked out to the press shows just how bad and toxic things have gotten there. And here we have a 19-year-old trying to navigate his first season in the league on a team of guys that could care less about him or the team. So he's struggled, and who wouldn't? He has not been Ja Morant, not even close, but he has not been dealt the deck that Ja was given. So this past eight games have been super encouraging. His minutes are up to over 34 minutes per game, and he's been playing well. I think over the course of the year and then going into next offseason, we see Cleveland trying to get rid of Love and Thompson and some of these other guys. I think they tell Sexton to stop crapping all over the offense. And if that all happens, I am very hopeful for Darius Garland. I would not be giving up on him just yet. Right now you can buy his Prism Silvers ungraded for about $25 to $30 a piece. That's a 50% discount from Jarrett Culver, and I feel better about Darius Garland. Let's see if he can keep up these improvements. Last thing I wanted to mention before I go is the effect of hype on the card market. I read a really interesting thread on Twitter the other day. Maybe you did too. It was by at Shoddy Pippen. He examined the national coverage of various players in the league. He showed how ESPN, Sports Illustrated, and some of these other outlets just overwhelmingly favor certain guys in markets over others. For instance, Carmelo Anthony has received over 100 major Twitter posts from major outlets over the year, while Nikola Jokic, one of the best players in the league, has received less than 15. Donovan Mitchell has received less press than any one of Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, or Kevin Durant, three guys that aren't even on the court. And hey, here's another one. Which of these pairs of teammates do you think has received the most coverage specifically about them and not their teammates? Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis? Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? CP3 and Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Or Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and John Rondo? If you guessed that last pair, you nailed it. Obviously, none of this makes any sense from a basketball standpoint. It does from a clicks standpoint for the major media outlets, but it just doesn't for a basketball fan. Now, being a Bucks fan, this type of thing just annoys me to death. You know, last night after putting up 32-17-7 in a win over the Celtics, the first post that Sports Center posted about Giannis Antetokounmpo was whether he should join the Splash Brothers in the Bay. It's just so idiotic. And yet, knowing these things and knowing how the media works can actually be helpful for the investor. One guy that gets undue amount of coverage is Kyle Kuzma, who, according to the same Twitter thread, has received more press than any one of Malcolm Brogdon, Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, or Bam Adebayo, all players who are better than Kyle Kuzma. Because of all this coverage, the Kuzma market has outstripped the Kuzma on-court product. You know, the card market has been paying some attention. His Prism Silver PSA 10s are down to about $120 in the new year, which is a 33% drop over the course of the season. And even though I don't love his game and I really don't think he's all that great, I think this is a buying opportunity. The Lakers are they're probably going to want to trade Kuzma. But I don't think his value on the trade market is going to bring back what the Lakers need. So even though he doesn't hardly contribute anything other than points, I think he actually makes more sense for the Lakers than he does in a trade. So I think he stays. I know the Lakers are going to make a deep run in the playoff. And knowing the media coverage that the Lakers get, you just have to imagine. Maybe in the Western Conference Finals, maybe in the round before that, Kuzma puts up a 30-point game maybe launches a buzzer beater. I doubt that'll happen, but maybe it does. If something like this happens, which doesn't seem like a stretch, we know the media is going to jump all over that. We know that the cards will jump for about a week, and if that is the case, then you sell, 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 and you make a profit. This is just a theory at the moment right now, and and a lot could change. But looking forward to the playoffs, I think you try to figure out who could benefit from a good game with the added coverage, and especially if that is a player on one of these markets that, that really dominates the headlines, I think you find those players, you buy them cheaply now, and dump them off in the playoffs. I think Kyle Kuzma is one of those players. All right, that is all the time I have for now. Thanks for tuning in.